0: tell me you're interested, ask the questions. I am so excited to answer them and to get to know you and see if this is a fit for you. Welcome to the best year of your life in 2022. And I'm telling you right now, the iconic experience is going to be like the rocket that's going to take you to the whole new level, the one that you've been asking for.
1: It can really creep up on you and it's really hard to be honest with yourself, but the signs to look for would be like, if you're skipping breakfast, if you're skipping any meal, really lunch, if you're not eating anything until like three o'clock, whether it's intentional intermittent fasting, where you're like eating within a certain window, or if it's just because you're too busy. If you find yourself that you're not eating anything all day, and then at nighttime, you're just like bingeing i want to come into like the bingeing section for a minute here i want to touch on that you know our bodies don't live off of nothing they need fuel we need fuel to survive like you can't drive your car without gas why do we as women think that we can function without food or like feel that it's a good thing that oh you know i skipped a meal today or oh i didn't finish my plate whatever the case may be we need fuel to function. And so if you've gone the entire day without eating anything and then at night you're binging, it's because at this point there's no such thing as willpower. It's your body's innate way of trying to get what it needs.
0: Welcome to the Becoming Iconic podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in. And enjoy. Hey, icons. Welcome back to the Becoming Iconic podcast. I just want to take a moment, if I may, and welcome in our global listeners. Becoming Iconic podcast has now reached a global level. We have listeners all the way from Asia into South Africa, into Europe, and down into South America, and all the way up through North America. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who are listening in. I'd love to hear from you. Come over and play with me on social media. I really genuinely want to know who you are and what you would love to hear more about. And it leads me into today's guest who is just a beautiful soul. Nadine Allaham is a personal client and we've been working together for quite a while now, but more than that, she is a holistic nutritionist who really studies and is an advocate for finding the root cause, especially when it comes to hormones and digestion. And I can just let you know, friends, From working with her almost weekly over the last nearly year is every time we speak, not only do I feel her conviction and her passion, but the expertise that she has this big desire to pour out into the world. And she has personally helped me with navigating my own health concerns over this last year with all of the stress and the uncertainty we've been walking through. So I feel like this is a very timely podcast. Nadine, welcome. I am so glad you're here. And I know for many listening in, their stress is high. Their health is not necessarily where they desire it to be. I think that was a natural side effect of what we just walked through as an entire world, really. And I'm really excited for you to help someone identify what a root cause could be and how to start really building and stacking their health to feel optimal. So, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your podcast. I am really a devoted listener. I listen to almost every episode. So, it's an honor to be here.
0: Thank you. So, I think it's important with a health journey for people to understand you. Because I do believe there's a level of emotional connection that happens when we are starting to really decide on who we can partner with to talk about some emotional tough things, but also to be super vulnerable with. So maybe you could let the audience know who you are and basically how you got to this place of being such an expert. I think it's
1: important for me to kind of roll back so that you can really understand where I'm coming from and why I'm so passionate and why I'm so devoted to my clients. I feel that very often the root cause with women is the fact that diet culture is constantly in the back of our head and we're under-eating and undernourishing. And so for me, you know, it started when I was a child, not to do with diet culture or anything like that, but more to do with the fact that I was eating a pita, which wasn't popular at all, but now it's like all the rave. Um, and I was made fun of as a child. At lunchtime, I would hide my pita behind, you know, those lunch boxes. <laughs> I would hide my food, and I felt a lot of shame around what I was eating, and that's how it started for me. It moved on with being in high school and being too busy to eat breakfast, being too afraid afraid of eating my cultural food in front of people so here i am skipping breakfast and lunch and then eating basically dinner that carried on into like high school university and i just kept getting these symptoms mainly i guess my main symptoms were hair loss anxiety acne constipation those were like my four things and i was always chasing those symptoms and then of course you know i've been pregnant three times i've gained weight and then with that bounce back culture, diet culture, go back to that like ideal weight uh, obsession with the weight, the number on the scale, I've always restricted dieted and like excessively exercised to get back to that number until it just backfired. And now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm no longer like trying to chase the symptoms and shut the symptom down like, oh, you know, you have hair loss, take this hair loss supplement. Oh, you have low vitamin D, take vitamin D. And it's more about getting to the root. Very, very often, it all starts with undernourishing, not only like what you're putting in your body, but like what you're putting on your skin, your environment, what you're putting in your mind. So the information that you're taking in, who you surround yourself with, it all matters. It all matters. And so I feel like that is a huge root cause for many people.
0: You say, though, that there was something that made a switch for you. What was that thing that made you change the trajectory of your health? So, my daughter
1: was about seven years old, which was about two years ago. It was snack time, and I pulled out the box of dates, and we were going to have some dates dipped in tahini. That's one of my favorite things. And she looked at the lid of the dates and she was like oh my god mommy this has a lot of sugar my heart sank because she didn't want to eat it it had a lot of sugar i had to explain to her that like you know this is a natural sugar but i could see the fear that she was resistant and she was like no sugar is bad and that's the end of that and so we had to really backtrack reintroduce a lot of things that we didn't normally eat so through my daughter like i realized that i was passing along my food fears and disordered relationship with food to her because of the way I was speaking. And I realized at that point, like, wow, she's really listening and paying attention. For example, with me personally, with my acne challenges, I was always trying to restrict a food that might be causing acne. So there was the dairy and there was eggs and there was chocolate and there was sugar and there was gluten and there was caffeine and All of the foods that I was restricting, and it would be like, we would eat as a family, and oh, mommy can't eat this, or mommy can't eat that. And so she was noticing. It was time for me to like take responsibility in what was going on in in my home, and we had to really backtrack. And so what we did is we stopped using words like good and bad. We stopped restricting, quote unquote, bad foods. We started having a family movie night where we would introduce one of those foods that were restricted because she she also had like a really huge preoccupation with food where she would nibble on the food and try to make it last forever. So some people will try to like make the food last forever and some people will scarf it down really fast because you're never going to have it again so let me eat it all right now. So yeah. she was really preoccupied introducing it at movie night and like stop using words like good and bad was really helpful not only for myself but for her preoccupation and it's been a great way to bond as a family and heal.
0: I appreciate that you saw that in her. And I can resonate with that because we actually just recently had a conversation in my home where my 15 year old son said, mom, I never see you eat. And you're always just snacking or picking. I can't remember the last time you sat down and like had a plated meal with us. And although that's not entirely true, there's more truth in that than there is not. And I take that responsibility and So restrictive eating is something you've brought up and definitely a culture I was raised in. I remember Kate Moss. I was really into the fashion industry. She was a big model at the time. And I remember her saying nothing tastes better than skinny does. And I had never been a naturally skinny person. I just always have had curves. I've always been very like womanly in the way my body is structured and i remember that being a big trigger moment for me to want to lose weight and be skinny and look good in the clothes and so on and really being an unhealthy person when it came to my relationship with food and i don't know if i'm still over it and so you kind of identified that for me and i think this is a podcast where i want to have real vulnerable conversations and i'm going to own that responsibility but i love that you took that one moment it's like the sliding door moment with your daughter and thought, okay, this is not okay. How can we create these changes, these steps, like good or bad food? So there's a couple of questions I have for you within that. First thing is restrictive eating. I would believe that's more normal than anything else, especially when it comes to women. What is restrictive eating? like? Where is it on the scale where we start to really say, okay, there's something going on here. I need to pay more attention to my nourishment.
1: It can really creep up on you and it's really hard to be honest with yourself, but the signs to look for would be like, if you're skipping breakfast, if you're skipping any meal, really lunch, if you're not eating anything until like three o'clock, whether it's intentional intermittent fasting, where you're like eating within a certain window, or if it's just because you're too busy. If you find yourself that you're not eating anything all day, and then at nighttime, you're just like binging. I want to come into like the binging section for a minute here. I want to touch on that. You know, our bodies don't live off of nothing. They need fuel. We need fuel to survive. Like you can't drive your car without gas. Why do we as women think that we can function without food or like feel that it's a good thing that, oh, you know, I skipped a meal today or, oh, I didn't finish my plate, whatever the case may be we need fuel to function. And so if you've gone the entire day, without eating anything, and then at night, you're binging, it's because at this point, there's no such thing as willpower, it's your body's innate way of trying to get what it needs. For example, our body's primary source of fuel, its preferred source of fuel is sugar, glucose. At that point, it doesn't want to eat beans and whatever to like break it down. Cause it's like a complex carb. It wants a simple sugar and easy sugar. The easiest things that we have in our house tend to be like cookies and chips and all of that stuff. Then you have those feelings of shame and guilt. It's a cycle again, like, Oh, I did this last night tomorrow. I am not going to eat breakfast. When we understand that cycle, it may be
0: easier for us to like intentionally nourish. That is definitely a category I fit into more often than not either a, it's intentional. Like I'm not going to eat all day because I'm have an event or whatever it may be. So I'm making that conscientious decision. But then what happens is as I'm cooking dinner, this has been a a lifelong thing for me. And I, I've never actually shared this on a podcast before, but I think this is really important conversation is I would start eating as I was cooking. So you're cooking and because you're so ravenous, I mean, I'm so hungry, And my body was craving food and nutrients so much that I would, making the sauce and taking spoonfuls of sauce, or as I was cutting up whatever it was, I'm putting it in my mouth. So I was almost eating two meals. If you would actually probably put it in front of me and piled up what I put on my plate, plus everything I consumed while cooking, I mean, it would probably be just like jaw dropping. And then I would pick up my kids' meals because in my head, I'm like, we haven't eaten all day. It's okay you know what, you've just started to eat. You can have this too. So I'd start to pick up their food that they didn't finish. So I was eating like thousands of calories in one sitting and that cannot be good for your body to digest all at one time, I would imagine. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's probably really hard for your body to digest all of that. But also at the same time, because you're not sitting down and eating and focusing and because you're like in a stressed state, your body is not prioritizing digestion. So right. number one, you're probably not digesting that food properly. Cause you're like, you're so hungry that you're just like eating. You're probably not chewing your food well enough and you're already in a stressed state. So you're, you're not going to be absorbing the nutrients from your food. All of that stuff will
0: impact for sure. That would be me. I'm a fast eater. I don't even taste it. And that's been how I was raised. You know, it was just, you see these generational ties yeah. as well. You know, I'm really grateful for you bringing this up because I have had conversations with dear friends. I did a podcast, one of my very first podcasts is I'm Not Thin Enough, and feeling yeah. like my success was reliant on how I physically looked. And that if I physically looked really fit and thin and walked on stage in a really nice outfit, that that would level up my success. I'm still working through that. I'm much better than I used to be, but I had a lot of really beautiful conversations with friends who felt the same way, but none of us talk about it. Do we, as women, we don't speak about these things. So thank you for bringing this up. And you talk a little bit about binge. You brought up intermittent fasting and just yesterday heard, I forget his name, the bulletproof guy. Anyway, he's Hmm. very well-known. He really is advocate for intermittent fasting But he was on a podcast and for the first time I heard him say, as women, intermittent fasting is not necessarily a good idea because we generally have more stress, more things to juggle. We're in a more higher stress state as human beings. And so when we're in a high stress state and we're doing intermittent fasting, it really messes with our hormones. So would you be like, hallelujah, thank you for saying that?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh, that is like music to my ears. First of all, a lot of the studies on intermittent fasting are done on men. We as women are not little men. We have a cycle and we have different nutrient needs during throughout our cycle. We also have a tendency because of diet culture to restrict and to undereat and everything. And so intermittent fasting can only work if you're still eating the amount of nutrients and calories that you need in a shorter window. But what do we as women do? Oh, we just skip a meal. And so now we've like cut off a whole chunk, right? It's the road to disaster. And that's exactly what happened to me. Dinner used to be around five o'clock. I was so exhausted after, you know, dinner time with a mom of three kids and I was go, go, go living on those stress and adrenaline hormones that I wouldn't eat anything. And in the morning it's go, go, go again, like making lunches and getting everyone dressed and trying to emotionally regulate three children, like help them. And so you're not eating. I wasn't eating until 10 o'clock and then I was in school. So I get to school, school starts. I don't have time for breakfast. So my first meal was like around 12 o'clock for lunch. After, I would say six months of that, 10 pounds, just out of thin air. And I couldn't get it off. What do we normally do as women? Tend to restrict even more and tend to overexercise, over exercise. And the more I did it, the more I would gain. And that was when I was just like, okay, I really need to get to the root cause of this. Our liver, a healthy liver can hold about 100 to 150 grams of glucose Will last about seven to nine hours. If your dinner is let's say around six o'clock and you're waking up between three and four, that's usually because your liver has run out of glucose, out of the nutrients that it needs to function at night. And so it wakes you up. Some for some people, you just kind of wake up and you toss and turn. And some people it's causing like insomnia. That's your body's, you know, your body's raising your cortisol. To wake you up, and it's telling you like I need food, I need sugar. But so many of us have like gotten out of sync with our with body that we don't have those hunger cues. We can't listen to them, and so you just toss and turn and whatnot. But it raises your blood sugar. Essentially, what your body is trying to do because it's smart is it's trying to burn your muscle and your tissue for energy through a process called gluconeogenesis, and that uses stress hormones, and it's really hard on your body. So when a lot of women or people in general say that they're not hungry in the morning, that's because you're living off those stress hormones. That is very often why we're not hungry. And that's a sign that your body is stressed. Uh, And a lot of people like, you know, will say, Oh, I'm not stressed. Or they minimize, especially women, mothers minimize the stress or the pain or whatever it is that they're experiencing. And it's, we need to stop doing that
0: Mm. because it's
1: not benefiting anyone do all of this for our kids and for our partner and for our business. But at the end of the day, if we're not healthy and we're not able to function properly, like we're
0: not going to be able to enjoy the fruits of our labor. I hope people heard that loud and clear because what we do, especially as moms, and I don't want to exclude women who are not moms, but it is another level with children. It just is there's no sugar coating that or pretending it to be otherwise We generally cancel on ourselves before we'll disappoint our children who want to go to the park or, you know, stress out our husband and put more on his plate. We tend to just pile things upon ourselves, which usually, if I can be so bold to proclaim this, usually is exercise. We cancel on our workout. We cancel on eating. We're not, you know, nourishing ourselves. We cancel on our rest. So we're not taking those restful moments throughout the day because we almost feel selfish or guilty mm-hmm. around these things. And that is going to take time. I really believe take time for us to unlearn and reeducate, And actually, when you say fruits of your labor, I love that term to see the fruits of your labor when you do do those things, when they become a priority and a non-negotiable in your day everything else is amplified. That's been my experience. And I'm still very new going down this path. This is not something I've been doing for years. I would suggest maybe even months. And it is really beautiful to watch everything else blossom because I'm taking this time for myself.
1: I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. And it has to be something we continuously prioritize day in and day out. For example, this morning, I've gotten into this really good routine of waking up, you know, because I'm sleeping early, I'm waking up naturally on my own. And like, I'll brush my teeth, I go in front of the red light therapy machine, and I'll do like a gua sha routine on my face. And that's like my self care. But this morning, you know, it was the first day of camp for two of my kids and my husband was home. And what did I do? I didn't do my morning routine. And then you start to feel resentment and you start to feel like when we hold in this like resentment, this negative emotions that just manifests in your body as well. So it's not just like what you're putting in your body, but it's your emotions and like how you're handling stress Mm -hmm. that can really impact and can be a root cause for many people. And stress is never going to go away. There's always going to be stress, but it's how we manage that stress like the tools that we have in our toolbox to handle that stress so that we're more resilient. That's really important.
0: Root cause. So let's assume there's some people listening right now who are like, what do you mean root cause? They're not really in the deep end of health. Maybe this is a new journey for them. What do you mean by a root cause? What does that mean? As
1: I said before, our body does not survive on thin air. It needs nutrients, right? It needs like the Macros, so carbs, proteins, and fats. And it also needs micronutrients, so like the minerals that are in the food and the antioxidants and all that stuff. As I mentioned before, the liver's preferred fuel source is glucose. And it's in the liver where like thyroid hormones are converted. And if we're under eating, then your thyroid is what is controlling like your metabolism. So if you're under eating, then you're going to have like thyroid issues, if you're under eating, you know, your body is not going to prioritize rest and digest, it's not going to prioritize your digestion, it's not going to prioritize your fertility or your menstruation. And those two things are really important, because everything kind of begins in the gut. So if if you're not eating foods that provide you with nutrients, like zinc and sodium, for like stomach acid, that's your first line of defense. If you're not eating foods to support thyroid conversion, then you're not supporting your metabolism. If you're not eating balanced meals and frequent meals, then your blood sugar is going to go off. And that, that all those things are like the root cause of inflammation and like dysbiosis and thyroid issues. So it can be a lot of things. It's really important to work with a practitioner so that you can get to your root cause. Mm. So it can be your nutrients that you're taking in. It can be past traumas can be a root cause. Stress. It can be, there's so many root causes, and it's usually not just one thing. It's usually not one thing. It's really important not to like Google every symptom and chase your symptoms because that's not getting to the root. That's just masking the symptoms. What people aren't realizing is that supplements and nutraceuticals aren't without harm. Our body works in a very beautiful way and it wants to always be balanced over supplementing or excessively supplementing with one thing or another can really throw off the balance of your body and cause other symptoms. We often don't realize because it happens really slowly. We don't realize that our healthy way of eating or like our excessive supplementing is contributing to, you know, that
0: imbalance in our body. It's almost like reverse engineering. Here's where I want to be, but here's how I'm feeling. And so you partner with someone and help them go deep into those layers that peel that those layers apart to get down to where does this stem from, the actual roots. So if you think of a plant, like going right underneath the soil to the depths to find out where this is stemming from, and then creating change and tweaks and I suppose strategies to change the course of your health. I love that. I never even thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense to me.
1: For me personally, for example, my main issues were acne, constipation, and anxiety. Those were like my three things. And I was taking these calming herbs to like help with anxiety. And it's not to say that they didn't help, but it wasn't getting to the root. And I was eating a ton of fiber- to try to help with constipation, but I would just get more constipated. And I was using all these like topical things for my acne, and it would help a little bit, but it never like got to the root cause. And what I realized that I was under nourishing, I was under eating, but also like not eating enough nutrient dense foods. So in the wellness world, you know, it's Eat all this fibrous foods, these nuts and seeds, and a lot of these foods have anti nutrients, and they block your. First of all, the the, the anti nutrients prevent your body from absorbing the minerals in the foods. They also are not supportive of like your thyroid and your digestion and all that stuff. And so, the more fiber and nuts and seeds and chia and flax, and I would try to eat, the more constipated I would get. The more I felt anxious, I really had to unlearn a lot of what is in the wellness world and like that
0: stuff that you can Google. I have someone very close to me in my life who still is stuck in the low fat era of the 80s, low fat, everything, diet, everything, and is very triggered when she sees me eat like Greek yogurt, like the real whole Greek yogurt where she would have like fat-free yogurt. And when you compare them and when you look at them and you realize some of the things we need to unlearn that we have been told if we have diet this, we're going to be healthier. Meanwhile, it's got artificial sweeteners and all sorts of additional ingredients that takes that natural product that's got so much goodness in it and depletes it into something that we're eating thinking oh is this is good for me because it's low fat meanwhile no now you're putting dyes and artificial colors and sweeteners in your body that isn't even necessary just have a little bit less of the whole is that what you're trying to get to as well with your clients
1: 100% healthy fats are needed to make hormones protein is important and carbs are important you can't we can't like just cut out a macronutrient and think that we will be healthy So the keto diet, for example, it has a therapeutic place, but it's meant to be a very therapeutic short term for specific conditions The diet culture has taken this diet and run with it. And a lot of people, you know, are experiencing symptoms, but because they initially felt better, they're sticking to it, not realizing they have to wait like a long time before they're honest with themselves that this diet is not
0: serving me. I have a friend who is in the medical world, and she said the amount of people she has coming in very, very ill from these diets is Mm -hmm. astronomical. And what's so interesting, and another conversation for another time we could have, and this idea of I'd rather be thin than healthy. And I'm so grateful for you that you are coming forward and being a voice for women to say, let's actually pursue health. And a side effect of that could be that you lose some weight because you are carrying access for whatever the root cause is. Like if the root cause is trauma. I know I read in Louise Hayes' book, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, always talking about where you're holding weight leads back to some sort of trauma, often into our childhood. And that felt really true to me because it's where I carry my weight is also attached to where she says and, and suggests your trauma is and i'm like oh that's really interesting because that would be very true to to me. Last question i have for you here that i think is important as you mentioned this earlier is good or bad foods. Another thing i believe we have a lot of unlearning to do. So are there in fact bad foods?
1: I don't like to use the words good or bad around foods there's no no food is good or bad and it doesn't make you good or bad for eating certain foods i think a better question would be how does this food support my goal or how does this food make me feel i've stopped using good and bad around food and i use the words with my kids sometimes like this is a sometime food it's not good. It's not bad. It's a sometimes food. If you feel like it now and you want to enjoy, it, I want you to enjoy it. And I don't want you to have guilt around it because when you have guilt and shame around eating, again, your body's in a stressed state, you're not going to digest that food. And that shame and guilt is an effect to you eating that sometimes food more than if you were to just eat the food and enjoy it and move on. A lot of us have this like ideal image or ideal weight or that like person that you kind of see or like, an aesthetic, like six pack or whatever. But what we're not realizing is that, yes, they look the way that society has deemed to be healthy. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: many of those people are not actually healthy, They, they don't have a period or a regular period, they struggle with fertility, they have anxiety and depression, like we need to stop associating, as you said, a specific weight or body shape or aesthetic goal, a six pack or, you know, all of that with health. Because very often the frequent story is that people do like those competitions because they want to be healthy and they realize how miserable they are and then they gain weight. And sometimes like we we just need to stop associating the number on the scale or like the six pack or the, you know, that kind of thing with being healthy because it's very often not...
0: I'm learning and unlearning. As you're speaking, there's a lot of things that are triggering in me. Like, ooh, I still have the residue of this. I still have this percolating in my life. Maybe that's going to be a journey of a lifetime. Maybe that is part of just so many years upon years upon years upon years of us as women trying to live up to the the ideal that has been projected on us. And I do love the shift that I'm seeing, but I know that within that shift, there's going to be some unhealthy things as well. So it's finding that balance. And I don't know where that will land for me, but what I do know is I think it's going to be individual. I I believe that pendulum swing when it hits the middle and we find that sweet spot, it will be such an individual thing. And that's what I crave for women, especially. I really crave for them to find this place without restriction seeking health, making decisions that serve them, being beautiful examples to themselves first, but also to their family who's watching and really just living life fully and beautifully. And as long as we possibly can, I mean, we want to squeeze as much of this life as we can. So thank you so much for giving us some science. Where could people find you if they're really wanting to change their health? Where could they go?
1: So I tend to spend a lot of time on Instagram. So my handle is that green glow, or you can also reach me um, on my website, www.thatgreenglow.com. And I'd be happy to chat. I really, really love, as you say, Jen, linking arms with women and helping them through the journey of like unlearning and nourishing, getting to the root cause of what is causing their symptoms because you don't want to just like spend all this money and time and you're just guessing. So sometimes, you know, testing is important and other times it's just like unlearning a lot.
0: I know a lot of people and I've had a lot of people on the podcast, and I will say this with all sincerity. If there's anybody I've come across who could take somebody by the hand and nourish them also through the work of digging into that root cause and them feeling safe and heard and really the willingness to be ultra vulnerable, it would be you. And I really mean that. You have such a gentle, kind spirit that's matched with this crazy, smart, convicted application of health. I love it. I just love watching and witnessing you. So friends, I I'm giving you the nudge to reach out to Nadine because she really is absolutely phenomenal when it comes to supporting you and your health. Thank you. And I would
1: love to support anyone. Like it's truly my passion Mm -hmm. to support women, you know, feel joy, get back to who they, you know, remember themselves to be. Just remember who you are. So how are you going to be iconic today? I am going to go nourish myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to skip lunch. I'm going to nourish myself. And then I'm going to go out for a walk in nature because that helps reduce stress hormones. And I am going to enjoy
0: some one-on-one time with my littlest guy because he's home with me this week. That sounds perfect and very iconic. I love that. So thank you so much again for being here. I appreciate you immensely. And it's just been beautiful to watch you share today and give us those nuggets, but not just nuggets of information. I almost want to call them nuggets with nudges, information (laughs) with a nudge to apply and seek and be curious with ourselves. So you are just the best. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you